0: Hey there, and uh, welcome to another episode of Yeah, We Said It. I'm Cedric. I'm Donnell. And it has been a week since the last and messiest major of 2018 came to a close. Um, Before we run down all the reasons this U.S. Open was, indeed, so messy, uh, how are you feeling this evening, Donnell?
1: I'm pretty good, pretty good. Ready to get into it.
0: I am, uh, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Tired. Um, I'm absolutely worn out on several levels. I had to uh, take a little step away from social media the last week or so because uh, like, whether it was Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, um, wherever it was, there was a discussion of Serena or The Final or something related to it. And uh, I just couldn't. I I couldn't and I can't. So I couldn't move on from the absolutely horrible way I was feeling if all I ever saw or read had to do with what got me to that point. So I had to step away. I'm feeling better today than I was a week ago for damn sure. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I guess uh, I don't know if there's really any news. Apparently uh, Davis Cup semifinals took place this weekend. I had no idea and I didn't watch. Um, But... Croatia beat the United States 3 2 with uh, George beating Tiafo in the fifth deciding rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, and then France beat Spain 3 2, which was really 3 0, with Spain winning two dead rubbers at the end. But, uh, so, I mean, that happened. I, so I mentioned it.
1: Yeah, congrats to them.
0: Yeah. Um, you got any other news? I don't know.
1: Um. No, not really. No, nothing that can't can't wait.
0: Yeah. All right. So, I guess we can jump on into the U.S. Open a little bit. Um. Overall, in my opinion, this event was garbage. Um, I agree. From the shady ass draw ceremony behind closed doors to the heat to uh, Williams versus Williams thirty being. Uh, their earliest slam meetings since the first one over 20 years ago. Uh, the umpires constantly overstepping their bounds. The camera angle at, on Armstrong at the beginning of the tournament. Uh, the folks who only watched a handful of tennis matches all year jumping in and saying the 2-2 was a response to what the head of the French Federation said <sighs> about, I mean, just, you know, just trash. Um... But I, you it was know, I, we have to discuss it. So uh, I don't know. I guess we can go with the men first. Uh, um, we did discuss Ferrer's impending retirement. Um, he was well, the impending career retirement, I guess I should say. Um, but he was actually forced to retire midway through, uh, the second set of his first round versus Rafa. Um, he was never winning that match, but, uh, it was unfortunate nonetheless.
1: Yeah, especially considering this is his last slam match.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, but I guess we said goodbyes to him last time. let gonna do it again. Um, Jack Sock won a match, which is shocking, considering his 2018 singles season, his doubles is much different.
1: Yeah. I didn't expect him to, to make it out of that first round.
0: I never do. Um... What else? Chapo uh, defeating Adria Alazim by retirement. Um, he was experiencing irregular heartbeats or something to that effect. It was very, it was a little bit confusing and I was watching live. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but it was, it was really sad to watch. He tried to calm himself down. He tried to get through it and he just couldn't make it. So he retired partway through that third set, um, ending up in tears with uh, Dennis having to, you know, comfort him, they're good friends. Um. So that that kind of sucked.
1: Yeah, it was that was it was tough to watch. But uh, he'll be he'll be here again.
0: I hope so. I certainly do. Um you have Averinka defeating Dimitrov, uh which was also not very much of a surprise. Um the loss you know and I thought okay, well, you know, like uh this is going to hurt Grigor in the rankings, but it actually didn't. Uh I looked and Grigor was actually only defending second round points from last year. So, uh, it didn't really, he actually went up one in the rankings because Kevin Anderson came down. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it didn't really hurt him at all, but he's got a lot to defend this fall. So, uh, maybe he can find some semblance of form because it has not been that easy. Uh, that was it for the first round. There weren't any big surprises, at least in the first round for the men. no. Um to the second round you had Verdasco defeating Andy Murray, which I don't I don't know. I
1: guess that's an upset, but not really.
0: Um yeah, yeah, uh
1: had... that yeah. match the cause the men got the the men actually got to use the heat rule for the first time at this slam. Yeah. Forgot about that. And uh apparently during during their heat break in the, the Murray Verdasco match, Murray says Verdasco was getting illegal coaching <laughs> in between. So that was a little that was a little disappointing to hear that. Because, you know, dur- during the heat break, it's not it's not a... You're not supposed to be getting coached during that at all. So I don't even know how that happened, like how he ended up meeting right. with his coach yeah. in the first place. But, so, yeah, somebody wasn't doing their
2: job.
0: Yeah, I mean, so then, like, Verdasco, of course, denied it. But then um, Marcos Baghdadis spoke up, and he said that he was the one that was in there at the time. And Verdasco was... He said Verdasco was... Okay, because Verdasco said he was talking... To Baghdatis's coach because Baghdatis was in there, but then Baghdatis said that he was he was indeed talking to his own coach, but they weren't discussing the match. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It's just uh, it a mess. A, it is a mess. <laughs> um. Uh, I guess we don't have to go into Nick Caro's tweets about that. Um. We have Medvedev defeating Tsitsipas, which, uh, I don't know.
1: I it was didn't... disappointing. Yeah. I was disappointed. Very disappointed. Because <laughs> uh, Steph didn't play very well at all in that match. I was surprised he won that third set. But, yeah, because he, he just didn't get it. And even you know, even if Tsitsipas uh, would have won that second round, he wasn't getting past George because Borna was playing very well. Well, there
0: goes that. I didn't watch. um, I was hoping to see the George Sisipas match in the following round, but yeah. Um, I don't know, but Medvedev is, they're all like around the same age, right?
1: Is he? I I honestly felt like Medvedev was like old.
0: I was okay, so there's a different Medvedev that was old, but he's retired, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I should. Yeah, say this guy's
1: 22 he years old. Before. Yeah. So. Yeah, he, he's a young dude.
0: Maybe I shouldn't say he's retired. I've retired people on this show before, and they're not. <laughs> um, but I haven't seen his name in a long time. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, but there's still the rest of the year, so maybe he'll do something and do better next year at the Majors. Yeah. Um the interesting second round match was Kyrios defeating Herbert. It was not interesting because of the match itself, but interesting because of Muhammad Leoni, who was the umpire for the match, um, at 6-4-3-0 for Herbert. Liani stepped down from the chair to have a pep talk with Nick. Um it was weird. Yeah, so my question for you was. Does the issue lie in line? he's stepping out of his chair, simply giving the pep talk to begin
1: with, or both? Uh, I don't it's hard. It's hard to tell. A lot of people, because I, I think um a lot of people had said the right thing. I think it was John Wertheim who said uh, he had the right intentions, but he just kind of he really shouldn't have done it. Like he he sh- shouldn't have gone shouldn't have gone about it like that at least. I guess he could have said something. He, optics wise, he definitely probably should have stayed in his chair. And I guess he could have maybe said something different or had a shorter conversation with him because you know he got down and it was it was rather lengthy when he was when he was speaking to him. So it was kind of it it didn't look right. I didn't see it as that huge of a deal like a lot of people made it seem. Right, but it just it, it wasn't it definitely shouldn't have been done it shouldn't it shouldn't have happened like that and i i i guess i can understand how some people say it was coaching but i didn't i didn't look at look at it that way initially
0: um i had a little bit of trouble caring that this happened at all um i don't know like i can see i can see the issue with it and i can see why it was um a bad move and an overstep but i don't know i just i don't for some reason i couldn't make myself care that it happened i i don't know um but to me it seemed like um it seemed as if maybe this was something lioni had been wanting to say to nick for some time but right he hadn't been afforded the opportunity so he wanted to take a moment to encourage this young player who often only has negativity thrown at him, uh, albeit a lot of which is no one's fault other than his himself. But right. um, I, I don't know. It's so just like, when is the right time to do this? Is it randomly in the hallway or the locker room? And then, you know, perhaps he alienates and upsets Nick um, even more because now it's not even about a match that had taken place, but he just says it to him. Or is it? Is it after Nick has continued throwing the match and inevitably loses to air bear or I don't like, should he have just kept it off to himself? I don't like, I don't know. I I see, I see that it's an overstep, but I don't know when else he would have had this opportunity to say this. Right. If it was that important to him to say, and for like, for a lot of the players, like Lonnie seems to be more, one of the more popular umpires. Um, I know he is for fans too. So it's kind of like, I don't know. (sighs)
1: I guess I probably, I guess I probably would have had a bigger issue with it, like had he actually been saying anything about tactics or whatever. But all he, he, all he was really telling him was to like, you know, start giving a shit, you know, just I like, you know, try out here. Right. And he, he started to, and he ended up winning the match. My, my whole thing is like, uh, people are complaining because you know Leoni talked to him and made him start actually playing in the match. It's just like. His his tanking makes things look bad, makes him look bad. Right. And when he actually starts trying, if the other if the other guy can't beat him when he's actually trying to play, then I mean, whose fault is that? You don't you don't you can't really mm-hmm. blame Leoni because he told you know he told Nick to actually start giving a damn. You know he started he's and you know started giving a damn and he ended up winning the match. Like if everybody couldn't beat him, can't beat him when he's playing his good tennis, then I guess you probably didn't really deserve to win the match anyway. Because it was just being handed to you.
0: Well, we said it. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, uh, Nick won the match. And Liony received no penalty being allowed to continue officiating during the tournament.
1: Um, yeah, I think they threw him on doubles, yeah. though, for, like, the rest of the event.
0: Yeah, I definitely didn't see him on other teams. Nah. <laughs> um, and third round... So all of this led up to uh, what turned out to be a very anticlimactic straight sets win for Roger Federer over Nick Kyrgios in the third round. Um, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, like, I don't know why anybody was expecting anything else. Um, I'm pretty sure we said that was going to happen. But, you know, there you go. Um, And then Sasha's there about the coach, Schreiber. I'm uh, just disgusted with this when I watched this, it was just like I know Cole Schreiber can be a good player, but like for real, right? <laughs> I don't know. Right. And then like while I was watching, the commentators were saying, "Oh well, like Cole Schreiber you know he's he's German, and uh, Sasha's very probably looks up to him because he's yeah, like, older. and I'm
1: like, I saw that stupid shit. What? <laughs> I was listening to that dumb shit and I wanted to reach through the TV and smack the hell out of somebody cuz that was dumb as hell. Anybody looking up to no damn pro oh, driver.
0: God, it was laughable.
1: That shit was fucking stupid as hell.
0: I don't know. That was just uh that was not a good match on Sasha's part and it just uh you know, it adds on to his so far inability to really do something at the lens. Yeah, it's a,
1: it's 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 a, it's a mystery.
0: Um, For real, I know he came into this year saying that he wanted to do better at the Slam, so he must be frustrated as hell right now.
1: Mm, he need to work on something in the offseason. Um, I still, I still think he'll figure it out, but oof, I have no idea when.
0: I, mean, I don't know. You know, it's. I think we're. Uh, we've been watching tennis long enough to be used to players breaking through at the age that he is, or younger. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I mean, like, these days, especially the men, like, they're not really breaking through until they're, like, 26, 27. Like, they're, like, right. you know, they're, like, pushing 30, and then it's finally, like, oh, now they can actually play up to their potential at the slabs right. when it's really important. But, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe. I
1: just really don't want out. this. I, I don't want this next generation of players to be like that, though. I want them to do something now. Like, I'm growing very impatient with a lot of them.
0: Well, Novak will be at 20 soon, so maybe then they'll do something.
1: Um, mm. they're, waiting for all, they're waiting for the Big Four to leave, apparently. They're waiting for them to hang their rackets up so they can try to make a push to do something, but I don't know. I really don't know. Cause, and, you know, it's not even like, when you think about it, it's not even like that these young guys are losing to the Big Four all the time because they're not even making it to them. They're, they're losing to everybody know. else. Yeah. That's a bunch of bullshit. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of men's tennis.
0: Same, same. Uh, you got to the fourth round. You had team defeating Kevin Anderson. Um, Shocker. Yeah, I was, I was stunned, and yeah, uh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was quite possibly the best non-clay match I've seen him play. For me, I can't, I can't recall another match off of clay where he played that well. Right. Um. I know Louis Armstrong Stadium. They the player set was playing a little bit slower this year, and he even admitted to that, saying that that probably helped him a little bit during the match. But I mean, even still, that was a great win in in straight sets. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um. Then he had Millman defeating Federer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that was hilarious.
0: Yikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Roger has. Uh, you know, and I mentioned this, I tweeted about it and everything. Roger has not played great tennis this year. um no he would be hard pressed to find someone on air actually saying that, but he has not played good tennis this year um so that was one number two, he complained about the heat um like he doesn't you know have four or five Australian open titles or six or seven, or how many ever it is right now um I think it's I six. Know. that was that was really, really <laughs> I don't know. But you know, when does he not have some sort of complaint or excuse after he loses? Anyway, um, yeah, but this is just shocking. No matter what you do, I can't.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was John Melvin. Of all players, right?
0: I mean, I watched it too. It was, it was something.
1: I wasn't watching that first, and then I realized, was oh shit! Like, is this really happening? So that that win got Milman up to a career high number
0: thirty seven. Cute, <laughs> super cute. Um, I don't know, but Rogers had some weird losses at the U.S. Open the last few years. Other than the well, he made the final in fifteen, right twenty fifteen. Other yeah. than that, he's had some weird losses at the U.S. Open. He's not been back to the final since oh nine. I don't know. It's interesting. Because he was running that shit like mid-2000s.
1: Yeah, he final. won five in a row. Yeah. Then lost the final in 2009. Then got back to the final in 2015. And, yeah. It, it's 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 surprising to me that he hasn't won this title since 2008. Very long time. Um, He'll always have Wimbledon. What?
0: Well, not this year. But um Ooh.
1: So well. he got to uh, the
0: quarterfinals. <laughs> <laughs> um the notable quarterfinal was Rafa defeating Dominic Team seven six in the fifth. Very um, good match. I did not see this caliber of match coming again from team. Um, but he backed up the win over Anderson well. He didn't win the match, but I mean that was still a really good effort. It was a high quality match. Yeah. Um I will admit I fell asleep during the fifth, but, <laughs> um, you know, I had to get up for work next morning, so I can't, I can't, can't do that. Um, but great effort from both players. Um, Yeah, I don't have anything else with the quarters. The semis. Okay, so I have to take ownership for this. Um, I confidently claimed that Rafa was going to win this tournament. Um. hmm but I did not foresee any mid-tournament injuries for him. So, uh, yeah. The, he played some really long matches, some really high-quality matches against tough players, and that ended him up with a knee injury and he had to retire.
1: Yeah, grinding yeah. out on these hard courts is yeah. not good for anybody.
0: No. Um, and they, they were slow as hell this year. So
1: Yeah, super slow.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Matches yeah, taking was, long as
1: hell for no goddamn reason.
0: At all. Reason. And they were like there were a lot of long ones too. Like even the long. long. Yeah. So, um, uh, but he retired down two sets to Delpo in the semifinals. Um, and then Nishikori did what he is always good for doing, making the latter round, only to get whopped by one of the big three or four or whatever the fuck they are now. Um, and then he, yeah, so he lost to Novak strength in strength. Uh,
1: I was glad Nishikori won that quarterfinal against Chilich. But that was a terrible match.
0: I was not happy about that. I wanted Chilich.
1: Nah. I can't stand Chilich.
0: I mean, I like Chilich. I like him a lot more the last couple of years. And uh, I think he would have done better than six three, six four, six two against Novak.
1: Yeah, probably. You're right. But I'm just I, – I think my problem with Chilich is he's one of these late 20 dudes who decided to – now he want to start playing tennis. I'm tired of these old dudes. I'm tired of it.
0: Somebody did. Okay. Um, well, okay, and then the final. Um, I mean, there was no way I was watching this match after the mess the previous day, so I didn't see it. Nope, me either. Um, I watched highlights a couple of hours ago. Um, and I was as bored as I expect to be with any major final involving Novak Djokovic, but not involving Stan Vivenka. Um <laughs> I'm glad I didn't watch, especially since I was pulling for Delpo. Um, yeah. But, you know, good to see him back in a major final. This was only his second, you know. and Nine first, years so after nine his first? Years.
1: Yeah. Wow. So
0: um, now I need him to go ahead and win one. And uh, congrats to Novak or whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm very, very pleased with Del Potro's uh, performance this year. Won his first Masters, semis in Paris, right? Quarters at Wimbledon, finals here.
0: Strong effort.
1: Yeah. Seriously, hope that risk can stay right and he can keep it up because he still has the game to to win these things.
0: I had, a, uh, I had a Raven moment as I was doing these notes of him winning Australia, but we'll see. That would be nice. Um, yeah, that's all I got on the man. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's about it.
0: On to the ladies. Uh, early rounds. He had Halep out to Kanepi in the first round. Um, I did mention their previous meeting on the last episode, which was a 7-6 in the third in Dubai from a few years ago. Um, but what I failed to mention was that Kanepi uh, made the quarterfinals at the US Open last year. I was, that was an oversight by me. Um, that coupled with Halep's uh, strange US Open struggles over the years, uh, it should have been a red flag. But um, Holup came in playing so well, and I don't know. Nonetheless, uh, a straightforward two and four for Kanepi. So.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect Holub to lose that match, no. as a uh, as world number one and as the more cons- one of the more consistent women on the tour this year. I thought she would uh make a make a push here at least to the round of sixteen. But uh, yeah, that's two two first round losses. In a row for her to slam so.
0: Back to back after winning her first.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. What a mess. I didn't even think about that. Jesus Christ. Uh, She'll bounce back though. She'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, That was the only noticeable, like, really notable first round upset. Um, I know like Coco Vanderway went out or something, but. Crap. I mean, like. Anyway, she. Nobody was surprised. Horrible year.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I have Venus, on girl, you in danger? Watch, um, but she came through that Zveta match. Um, yep, she took the long route, but you know it was still a great win, high quality match. Um, okay, and then you have Muguruza out to Muchova but uh, that was the second round match. Um, so no majors for Garbunia this year. Uh, and terrible efforts in all of them, pretty much. She's been, not been a good year. No. At all.
1: French Open semis and that's it. I think she, she won one title this year. Did
0: yeah,
1: it? Yeah, it was in April. Yeah, uh, she won an international in April.
0: Oh, well. Hmm. Um... Let's see. You had Makarova defeating Gerges. That was the uh, second round? Second round. Um, let's see. And then Bika rolling over Gavrilova. That was also second round, but then she did all that only for Sloan to roll over her in the third round.
1: That was a pretty good third round match, though. Straight sets win for Sloan, but it was pretty good.
0: I did not watch because I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> um, oh, before we get out of the early rounds, The Cornet match is one to mention. Oh yeah, she she did go out in the first round, um, but she received a code violation for changing her top on court. Um, The U.S. Open released a statement after saying that they had removed whatever penalties she had received. Um, How many statements did they have to release over two weeks? Uh, But um, I don't know. It was um, it's bullshit to be honest, because the men do this all the time. They might as well play shirtless. They change their shirts so often on court, wherever they want, whenever they want, and nobody says anything about it. Um, it's very odd. Okay, what's very odd is that um, like bathing suits are okay, but as soon as it's like a bra and not a swim top, like, right. oh my God, we can't look at it. I it's very weird. I don't know, cause she's a sports bra was sports quiet.
1: bra, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I don't
1: I don't know. And a sports bra's covering up more than a regular bra right. and more than a bikini top.
0: Uh, very weird. Yeah. Um, but she she handled it well in press and uh especially even in like somehow like managing to bring up like Serena <laughs> and saying like that was actually a worse situation. You know, like I still thought mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not about to stand for her or anything but that was pretty right. cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, hopefully there's some... It, it opened up a little bit of a discussion. So, that's something good that came out of a dumbass umpiring situation. Um. You had Carlos Suarez Navarro taking out Ladinovich, Garcia, and eventually the doper in consecutive matches.
1: Absolutely hilarious, that match was so funny. Very proud of Carla. Very proud.
0: Yeah. For real, for real. Um, you had Sibikova taking out Kerber in the third round. That's y'all's little Wimbledon champion.
1: I keep forgetting she won Wimbledon.
0: I mean, it's very forgettable.
1: Yeah, she ain't done shit else this year, has she?
0: No. and probably won't. Sabalenka defeating Kvitova in the third round. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Vandrusova defeating Burton's the Cincinnati champ third round. That was seven six in the third. And then what was going out. That's Wozniacki going out to Sorenko second round, who then went out to Siniakova third round. And that's all of the early round stuff.
1: No, Serenko made the quarterfinals. Did she? Yep, she beat Sinyakov, then Bondarova, and then she was injured and lost her quarterfinal match. Like, nice. got her ass whooped because she lost to Osaka one and one.
0: My bad. Sorry, girl. I put you <laughs> out before you went out. My bad. That was a good. That was a good run for you. My bad.
1: It took everything out of her.
0: Well. Um I don't really super duper care to discuss Williams versus Williams 30. Uh it was in the third round. I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't excited. No. Um although the play from Serena was very exciting. It was. Uh I did not Spectacular. See that. Spectacular. Um, I was a little worried when she rolled that raggedy ankle number two, but the left one is number one and the right one is number two. So she rolled number raggedy ankle number two in the second game of the match. Um, but she just got it retaped, and then went on and, uh, whipped her own sister's ass. I couldn't, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was what it was. And uh, I don't know. It's hard to be excited about a third round Yeah, meeting at a slam between them. It so.
1: wasn't right. I was pissed.
0: I mean, it was just trash. Like, how did the 16 and 17 season? How, do, how are they even in the same
1: part? Like, how does it make sense? How? But it's whatever.
0: Whatever. Um, also, a little bit disappointing just for Venus because she, although has she's had a pretty trash season, and was injured coming in, like to get those two really good wins over tough players, only to meet up with the system at third round. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You go into the second week, you had, uh, Sevastova defeating Zvitalina fourth round, uh, and then taking out defending champion. Oh, she doesn't. got her Ass a wolf too. Champion. Well, I mean that's oh. you know that's par for course with her. Like, so it was gonna
1: bageled happen. in the third set.
0: Blue.
1: Like, uh, what the fuck?
0: What is, has what is she done lately? I haven't... Switzerlanda? Yeah.
1: Not a damn thing as far as I know. Let's see. Pretty sure, like, I can't even remember the last time she was in a final.
0: Play season? Did she...
1: Her slam results this year, quarterfinal, third round, first round, fourth round. She's still top 10, though, I think.
0: Well, it doesn't take much.
1: No, you're right. Yeah, three titles this year for Switzerland. The last one in Rome in May.
0: Okay, see, I knew there was a clay quarter in there. Well, then, Savasova went on and beat the, I can't call her defending champion. She didn't want to be called that.
1: But that was the, so dumb. The girl
0: who won last year, Vaughn Stevens. Uh, that was
1: retarded. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, two and th- I think she was just deflecting pressure, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's exactly what she was doing, but it was stupid and didn't make any sense.
0: And it didn't work either. No, it didn't. Maybe she'll learn from that.
1: Yeah, she did, but she, I'll give her, her props though. She did, she did well to make the quarterfinals, especially she didn't really considering want to make the quarters, especially considering how most of these these new girls do who you know when they win their slams. uh... You know, Ostapenko lost in round one right. and defending in Paris this year. Muguruza was defending Wimbledon and she lost in round two. I thought she would do better. I thought Muguruza would do better at Wimbledon, considering the fact that she's won a slam before. You know, she's been in this defending position before, but yeah, nah, apparently not.
0: She's very uh ish. You know, like if she yep. gets on, if she gets on a run, she can beat anybody, but just don't know when that run is coming.
1: Yep, definitely see that. But you know, props to Sloan. I think she'll um, I think she'll continue to play well for the rest of the year. Do well in uh, in Asia.
0: I think so too. This is by far her most consistent season. She's done well this year,
1: even with two first round slam losses.
0: Oh, yeah. what a mess! You have uh, Serena defeating angry white Pushkova in the quarterfinals. This was important since Pushkova wanted to talk bigger than her game in press before the match. Um, she I think she was feeling herself a little bit too much having a whole lot that meeting between them a couple of years ago against a very injured Serena. But you know, uh, she she got. Actually, it it should have been even more of an ass thing to be honest. But you know, Serena was nice enough to give her seven
1: games. Yeah, that it was a it was a good fight from Serena to uh, kind of gather herself and steady herself in that match to to do what she needed to do.
0: And not um, not one grunt, no yells, no nothing. It was very petty, very very Libra petty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The commentators were saying throughout the match, even even while Pushka was winning, they were talking about how uh, she seems to be a bit, a bit of, in a bit of a decline, like with her serve and the power on her uh, her her shots and stuff like that. He said she's not really hitting as many aces as she was uh, last year or the year before, and she's not really hitting the ball as hard at all. And it's kind of surprising to me because some, she's somebody who's been you know healthy as far as we know for the past several seasons. She hasn't been out with you know injuries or anything like that. So. For her to be, I guess, losing her serve a bit is kind of weird.
0: Did she get married?
1: I think she did. Yes.
0: Hmm. She to me, she seems like the type of girl that would just up and retire. Like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm done now.
1: Yeah, in 2016, when she was, when she was winning and when she made her first, uh, her first slam final, and then it, there was last year. I think she was, she she made it to number one last year, right? For like eight weeks or something. And, uh, yeah, because I think she's pretty sure she was top seed in New York last year. And there was a lot of talk about her being like the future and she's going to be somebody who could be, you know, consistent and keep doing this and winning and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, that, that proved to be very I mean, I
0: Honestly, just hit her a slice. Like, she ain't going to get down
1: to it. I... Nope. Oh. That's frustrating. For real, for real, She hasn't had a really a very good year at all this year, though. Quarterfinals in Melbourne, third round in Paris, fourth round Wimbledon, quarterfinals here, and one final this year in Stuttgart. That was in April. She won it, but still.
0: Honestly, that's not a terrible year for her. I mean, I think we put too much on that finals appearance a couple of years ago because she hasn't been able to replicate that at any point. So, uh, you know, a couple of quarterfinals or fourth round—that's that's cute. Um, I don't like see her winning slams. So. Me either. That's cute enough. Uh, yeah, and then we have, you know, the semis, those happened, both of them straight sets for the finals. Um, okay, well, I have some notes about the final, I'm not going to say a whole lot, oh my, I am. um, okay, so, I have three points about this final.
2: <clears throat>
0: Number one. I believe that what Carlos Ramos did was somewhat planned and fully intentional. Um, He wanted more than some type of medal or something during the trophy ceremony. Uh, He wanted his name alongside history. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that there'd be an opportunity for a coaching violation, and he knew how things could spiral from there. Uh, He's been called much worse than a thief by some of these men by some of these men and did nothing in response. But this time, during a major final, involving the most polarizing and famous figure in the sport as she chased history at the tournament that comes with the most emotional baggage for her, decided that this was too far. Uh, and then he actually acted as a thief, which is, you know, irony, uh, not only by stealing a game from Serena, but stealing moments and headlines from both players. Huh. Okay, number two, it's not lost on me that this started with another Mm -hmm. man, Patrick Nortoglu. (laughs) I do agree with him in saying that all coaches coach from the sidelines and that coaching and racket abuse violations need to be reassessed. But this began with him. For all the media savvy and coaching expertise he claims to have, he should have known that because all eyes would be on Serena, they'd also be on him.
1: He continuously
0: mm-hmm. speaks of Serena's ability to problem solve and how much he trusts her, but all of that somehow disappeared on this day. What occurs between he and Serena from here is their business, but I will not be forgetting this or how he's inadequately prepared Serena for consecutive major finals this year anytime soon. Hmm. My last one, and in short, I love Serena. I love Naomi. They both deserved better uh the the way serena handled the trophy ceremony and the way they both handled the press and everything after was perfect absolute um, brilliance yeah i'm i'm comforted by the fact that they'll both have more opportunities on the biggest stages in this sport in the future um and hopefully without some white man skipping in and fucking it all up and that's all i have to say thank you
1: yeah that whole that entire situation was a complete and total mess. It all it all go it all starts with Patrick with his uh you know I guess his forward motion like trying to tell her to go to the net or whatever he was telling her to do. I don't know why he thought he should do that like she's never had to figure this these things out before like he's ever needed to try to give her any kind of coaching before I don't know why he picked this match to do that, so yeah, I'm not even I'm not even going to try to I'm not even gonna try to get inside his head because it is it's far too much for me. And then you get to so that's her that's her first violation, the coaching thing. And Serena was was she that blew her away for real for real because she and Venus two are two of the only players on the tour who don't use the on court coaching even on a regular tour. Like right. when they when they're allowed to, I've seen Venus call David down once, and that was like two years ago, or three. And I've never Serena's never called Patrick down. She's never, <laughs> so
0: well, she called I and I tweeted about this. I said there was one time that I saw Serena use the encore coaching. It was back in two thousand seven when they first started it. She was in Miami, and she put Venus down as her coach, and she called her on court, and they didn't even talk about it. And that was the one time. That's 11 years ago.
1: Mm -hmm. Insanity. So she, you know, she just wanted to make it clear. She just wanted to make it clear to the umpire and to everybody that she does not need coaching. She does not get coaching. She plays fair. She does not need to cheat to win. So she she went about her business after that. I was very glad with the way she handled that. And then comes the second violation for breaking a racket i think it's com- i think it's bullshit that they give players violations for breaking their rackets anyway but amen, amen. that's a i mean that's a fit, that's everybody that's a fair rule everybody knows about the racket breaking or whatever fine whatever <clears throat> and since that was her second violation she gets a point penalty and i don't think serena i don't think serena like completely like realized that that coaching violation was there to stay and like it, it was he wasn't like rescinding that or anything like that. Right. So she lost the point there. That I guess that you know that's that ticked her off a little bit. You know, losing a point in the slam final, I can understand it. But you know, moving on, then <laughs> she's still talking to him about whatever the you know about you know her gr- her grievances. You know, she she wants an apology because he's insinuating she, he, she's a you know cheater. So she felt she told him. To apologize, she and she. One thing I specifically heard her say was to make an announcement that she didn't get coaching, and I think I really think she was thinking about her image and how she looked towards the fans in the stadium, and also to her opponent. She doesn't want anybody to think that she's out here trying to cheat the win, and she couldn't let it go. And then we get to the thief comment and i heard i heard her you know you hear her call him a thief she's walking to the chair i laughed at it cuz it was hilarious and then she gets docked for uh what was it verbal abuse or whatever <laughs> and that that blew my mind i couldn't believe it because i, I you know no i know that the next penalty is a game penalty and it's like hold on like is he really about to give her a game penalty in a slam final at this stage of the match, like he gave her a game penalty and put Osaka one game away from the championship. Mm -hmm. That it was, it was completely uncalled for. And I think most, most people in tennis agree that it was completely uncalled for because in in most cases for any kind of violation, other than the the racket abuse, you get a soft warning beforehand, even with the coaching violation, the umpire will say something like, Oh, I saw your coach doing this, you know, next time. You know, you'll you'll get a penalty, or whatever. And if you know they're the players constantly going at the umpire, they'll let them know. Look, if you keep it up, it's going to be a code. None of that none of that took place in this final. He just jumped straight into the violations, and the game penalty is the one that really it really it really set it off. And that I knew things I knew things wouldn't get better after that, and um. It was, I don't know, it's still hard. It's still hard to process when you think about it, because it just doesn't make, it doesn't really make any sense that he would just die straight into that like that. But then when you, and then when you, when you sit back and you really look at it, you just got to remember, it's Serena Williams. Serena Williams is held to a higher standard than anybody else in tennis. Anybody else. And I I don't want anybody to try to argue with me about that, because everything she does is under a microscope. And that's why, when you know, going looking at it, I don't think it's—I don't look at it as a woman thing, just a woman thing. I look at look at it as a Serena Williams thing because if it was if it was another woman, I don't think it would have gone the same way at all. If it was a man, it would not have gone the same way. But it was Serena Williams, and Carlos Ramos felt the need to, I guess, insert himself into into the situation. To, to make a statement and make an example. And it just wasn't, it wasn't right, it, it wasn't the right thing to do. And then you get all these reports coming out, talking about, oh, he's, he's okay. And he's, you know, back on court umpiring. It's like the man was in no danger. Like, what are you talking about? You know, he's in danger
0: it, if he ever sees me on the street. But other than that,
1: <laughs> it really, it really blows my mind. But like a bunch of other things in tennis, something something is bound to change because Serena Williams is p- apparently the martyr for change
0: every single time,
1: and I'm sick of it, and I know she's sick of it, but uh, I guess the next person won't have to deal with it, so I guess that's good, but at the same time, it's just
0: i just can't it's ridiculous that this shit this all this stuff that always goes down. Is always in New York at her "quote unquote" home slam. Every right. time, like the the O four match with Capriati. Like, I mean, come on, it's it's always the mistreatment is always in New York. It's baffling,
1: and that's why. And that's why a lot of like when she said, you know, every time she comes here, it's always something. And you got people saying, oh, you know, you've you've won this six times. It's not every time. Of course, it's not every time. We know it's not literally every single time. But every time that it does happen, it's here, and it's in huge matches. So, of course, it feels like it's every time she comes here. That 2004 match was a quarterfinal. In 2009, the mysterious foot fault that didn't happen was a semifinal. The, The point penalty in 2011, that was the championship match. Like it's always the later rounds, always a huge match where it's happening. So of course she feels like it it, it happens all the time. I know it's tough to bullshit. deal with.
0: Like that ball was not coming back in 2011. Like Stoza, no, it wasn't. Stoza was not getting that ball back. Like come on.
1: And at the same, and even then, I figured they would play a let instead of the point penalty in that match right there. Like yeah, it was it was it was a lot. Especially considering, because the chair that day was Ava Asraraki, I believe, and she umpired Serena's first round in Paris in 2012. The following year, and oh, Jesus. Uh, Rosano was doing a bunch of call, like a bunch of screaming and yelling, like I guess she was cramping, like in that match. And they kept right. replaying points, replaying right. points, replaying yeah. points. She wasn't getting point penalties at all in that match, right. like yeah. she should have been. They just kept replaying points over and over again. Mm-hmm. So that that right there just that flashed me back to the two thousand and eleven final, and it just was like it was, it was a lot, but it's always something, and she always finds a way to come out on top of it all. So I commend her for that. Serena was... won't be here for very much longer. Oh, yeah, I was. We got maybe was... two two more years left. Oh
0: lord. Maybe. Oh lord. Um, <laughs> I was I was glad when she. Uh, you know, where she was accepting her plate or whatever and she said like maybe I'll be back next year. I was so glad when she said that. Yep. Um I want them to shake in their boots. I want I just I want apologies. I don't want no little uh statements and shit. I want like actual formal apologies. Um I want one from Carlos Ramos, I want one from the US Open and the USGA. Like, I was literally, like, last weekend, like, I was just sitting there on Sunday, like, thinking about all the ways that I don't want to give the USTA my money anymore. Like, like trying to figure out how I could still play competitive tennis and not give the USTA money. I, I was just, it, it really, all, all of it, the whole situation had me really, really in a different state of mind. And I just, I don't know. And then I think about, like, how she, you know, they're, they're the ones that gave her the biggest fine in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm tired. At one point, yeah. I thought to myself, they should have, her and Venus should have just uh, did a final bow after 2017 Australia and, and chucked up the deuce. Because I am, I am tired, tired of this shit. But you know, anyway. Yep.
1: But um congratulations to Naomi Osaka.
0: Absolutely. Congratulations. She
1: played she played a very she played a very good match. She did. She held her nerve, which surprised me a lot. She is doing very good on her mental game.
0: That girl don't have no nerve. She just hit
1: <laughs> <laughs> Woo. But it was it was her it, her uh her two weeks was very, very impressive. And um I'm very proud of her. And I see I see huge things for her in the future. Huge things.
0: And she's still so respectful. Like, she's not getting the big head about these wins over Serena or these titles or anything like that. She's just like... She's like, I'm here and I'm winning, but these are still legends. And I don't know. Like, she's just really great. I love her.
1: Yeah, and the, the, the media, they keep asking her about you know, what she thinks of Serena. And like, I, they they want her perception of Serena to be changed so, so badly, but mm-hmm. they do. she keeps trying to tell him like, I don't, you know, she, she doesn't feel any type of way against, about Serena. You know, she's been a Serena fan for her entire life. She know how that woman operate. Seriously. And the, during the trophy presentation, she, I'm glad she, I'm glad she told everybody what Serena said to her. Um, while they were on stage, you know, in the mid- in the middle, of all that booing and stuff. Because I know, I knew Naomi thought that the crowd was booing her when they started right. getting really, when they started right. getting really loud, and she pulled her visor down over top of her face. I started feeling terrible. Like I I wanted them to stop, even though I knew what they were booing for. Right. So I'm, I'm glad uh, Serena said what she said to her because it, it, it made her. You could tell it, it made her feel a lot better. And uh, that trophy presentation was that's was one for the history books. But it was, it was a mess.
0: Yeah,
1: I was crying. Seriously, everybody was crying. Serena was crying. Naomi was crying. The crowd was booing everybody. Ugh. it was it was a lot. Seriously, hopefully this Asian swing is drama free. If Serena even shows up, Ooh, I was gonna
0: say I probably won't even be watching. I hope she plays. I do want her to play. I just don't know if I'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I definitely want her to play though she needs the matches. I would like to have a title this year. that would be nice. Yes, so I want a
1: trophy. I want more points because I want a better seating for her in Australia. yeah, yeah I want her to i I, I want her to play and snatch these points up for real. Let's
0: see what she does. Uh, Okay, because I was gonna look at hmm, the poor singles race and see. Okay, so she's at oh she's not even low. She could still qualify for the year in championship. Yeah. Well get us a cute uh Beijing title and let's let's get to getting. Cause she's not tired this year and she could snatch all the top girls at one time. It would be great. We'll see. We'll see if she plays. I saw something about some sort of exhibition with her in Venus this weekend. I
1: didn't. Yeah, they they did something this weekend. Yeah, I'm avoiding. All I just videos. found out about it today. Yeah. And they played today. That's cute. I know Venus is uh Venus is definitely she's playing. I think Venus is playing Wuhan. She took a wild card. And this is for her, this is like a last-ditch effort to save her ranking because those Singapore points are going to fall off and she's going to plummet.
0: Well, I told her to win Wuhan this year, so she better go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, she better because I'm pretty sure, like, as it stands right now, once those points fall off, I think she'll be, like, out of the top 50.
0: Good God almighty. Who's trying to climb back from that? Yeah, for real. Oh. Yeah, she's gonna have to do something. She normally, when she does play in the fall, she normally plays pretty well, though. So hopefully, she can cap it off with a little bit of better play.
1: Yeah, and then hopefully she get a she can play a Juha. They still do that, right? They do. Yeah, maybe she can go there and snatch some points from those girls.
0: I I just want a title for her too. She's been trying to get title number what fifty for. Yes, but
1: two damn years.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Her last title was in 2016. I get so sick when I think about it, so I'm just going to not. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Do we have anything else on the uh, Trashing Meadows tournament?
1: Nope. One more congratulations to Naomi Osaka. Of course, congratulations to Djokovic, I guess. Um, I'm hearing that Osaka is signing a huge deal with Adidas. Apparently the biggest they've ever given to a female athlete. So shout out to her for that. Well
0: look at God.
1: She she about to be making this money.
0: As she should be. I mean she's incredibly you know marketable.
1: Asian Asian tennis. They throw they they ready to throw everything at her.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And the Olympics is in Tokyo too.
0: About to be Kane Shikori. Who?
1: What I read something that she has to uh she has to because she has dual citizenship I guess with uh oh, yes, you yes. know uh America and Japan right. and apparently in Japan like she has to choose one or something like that but I also read that they never really enforce that like to, to make somebody pick one um one citizenship oh. so I guess we'll see because I, I guess people are worried uh, like you know whether or not she'll play for Tokyo. Um, or play for Japan in Tokyo, yeah. but um, yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't see she. I don't see her switching to America <laughs> at all.
0: But I mean, if she did, the way I would stand, it would just oh, <laughs> it would be a whole <laughs> different level of standship at that point. Like no, for I real. could literally forget about all the other American girls not named Williams, like. I mean, wow. <laughs> I just uh she better not because I oh I'll be super reckless then.
1: Um, yeah, sometimes I definitely wish I definitely wish she was playing for America, but you know, at the same time, she if she was, she might not be where she is right now because
0: that's
1: also true. She's only twenty. She just won her first major. These American girls, they, they struggle. You know, Sloan won a slam last year, but she's like Sloan's what, twenty four now? Something like that.
0: Really? Only twenty four?
1: Yeah. Something like that, twenty-four, twenty-five.
0: 25?
1: Huh. I don't know. Maybe twenty-five. I think she she's might be a, a year so younger than me. Oh, but so Yeah. These yeah, um, she's twenty five,
0: March of
1: ninety three. Yep. I see. Hmm. So if she was playing for America, she you know, she might not be where she is right now. So That's very true. So I th- I think it was I think it was very smart on them to do Japan. And I see her sticking with it, at least for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we can move on to the power rankings. Kapow. Uh I'm going to let you go first. You the men first? Sure.
1: Okay, number one, I have Djokovic, of course, because he just won uh, New York. Then at number two, I have Del Potro for making the final. And number three, I have Team because he played very well in New York and surprised the hell out of me. I didn't see him doing that well on the hard court at all. And I think that I think that result will uh carry over well for him into the into the fall. I think he'll um he'll feel really good about performing that well on the hard courts and i think he'll do he'll do good for the rest of the year. He's currently playing in St. Petersburg. He's the only top 10 player, player playing this week. Of course. Hmm, you know, surprise surprise. Uh, number 4 I have Nishikori for his semifinal run and we are about to hit the Asian swing, so i think he'll take that, you know, a little bit of momentum from that. And at number 5 I have George because he made the round of 16 for the first time at a slam. He's playing very well. He just won he just won the, the Davis Cup tie, like you mentioned, for his for Croatia in the five setter over Tiafo. And I think he'll uh he'll take confidence from the Davis Cup win and also from his fourth round in New York. And I think he'll do well in the fall as well.
0: I like that. I have Djokovic at number one for the same reasons. I have Delpo at number two for the same reasons. Um, At three, I actually have Rafa, Um, just because, you know, he won Toronto, and barring no knee injury, probably would have won New York, Um, and up until the knee injury, he looked good. I mean, he was beating some really tough players. He didn't have a Mm close draw at all, so, um, yeah, I mean, semifinals ain't bad, so, then I have,
1: what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, for Rafa... The reason I didn't put him in at all is because I think that knee injury is going to ruin the rest of his season. Oh, Lord. I think I, I'm i pretty sure he'll, he'll try to play, but I think he'll end up sitting out for most of the year or at least trying to defend his points, but not doing it very well. I hope I'm wrong, <laughs> but I don't think I am. <laughs> um, I have team at
0: number four with that great run that he had. And then I have Corey at five for the same reasons you put him at four, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool. You know, the women, uh, Osaka, number one, mm-hmm. for her great run in New York, only dropping one set in route to the title. Uh, Serena at number two for that final of course, um didn't end the way we like like it to, but you know, I think she's uh she's well on her way. Like she said, she's still just getting started. Uh number three I have Sloane for that quarterfinal because, you know, to be honest, I wasn't a hundred percent sure she'd make it there, but she played well, did well to to, to make it there, defending a good bit of those points. And I think she'll um, going into the Hawksworth. I think she'll do pretty well in the fall too. Uh, Madison Keys, because she's her year has been a little weird. I think semifinals in Paris, semifinals here in New York, but she hasn't been back to a final since the U.S. Open last year. So I I think she I think she'll do better in the fall, you know, as long as she's still healthy. But at the same time, I could be very wrong because she kind of seems to only do well when Lindsay is with her, and Lindsay's not going to be with her in the fall.
0: I don't. Well, so, okay, so what's happening with that? Is it just like a, at the slam thing? I don't.
1: I think it's it's like a, Lindsay is not really her coach anymore. She's more of a consultant now, I guess, because she Lindsay doesn't want to you know, be full t- a full-time coach because, you know, she has like four kids and she works for Tennis Channel and stuff right. like that. And she can't, she can't travel the world with, you know, with Madison the way a, a full-time coach, the a way a coach should.
0: Right.
1: But, um, so she works with her, I guess when she, when she can, like when she's available, I guess like when she's on site for Tennis Channel and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't, uh, they're, they're a really good pair. I wish they could work together, you know, all the time, but. I definitely respect Lindsay's decisions. And uh, number five, I have Halep, surprisingly, even though she lost in round one, because she's still world number one, and she's been riding that number one ranking with some pretty good confidence throughout the year. She's been in, like, six finals, I think. Yeah, six finals, three titles this year. You know. She, she I think she did a... Uh... I think she'll do good in the fall.
0: Yeah, I mean clearly. Smaller tournaments, less it, pressure. Nobody's taking number one from her until Serena takes it back, I mm-hmm. guess.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Once again, our one and two are the same. I have Osaka at one and Serena at two. Um I actually have Sevastova at three. Um, she had some pretty good wins, including over the um blank blank Sloane Stephens.
1: Um Yeah, and then I have Keys at four. I
0: agree that it's been a, an odd year for her. but you know, to get back to the semis was pretty good. Right. Uh I did not quite enjoy the way she performed in that semi final.
1: no, I was that was play well at all. Piss poor.
0: But uh you I mean to get there was good. And then I actually have Sloan at five because, you know, we mentioned her making the quarters is actually a pretty good effort for defending champion in this WTA climate. So those are my power rankings.
1: And I just looked at something. I'm pretty sure we've been saying Hallop lost two slam first rounds this year. She actually only lost one. (laughs) That was in New York. She lost in the third round at Wimbledon. I did think I thought it was the first round for a while, but I just looked at it and she lost. I'm pretty sure she lost to Shay Sue in the third round.
0: Well, uh, the fact that that was believable says everything we need to say. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. So I guess it's time to mention our social media presences. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hold Your Ponytails. Um, you can follow me on my personal Twitter at Hey Setty Baby.
1: I'm at I'm Nails.
0: Um, we're on SoundCloud and YouTube. But yeah, we said it. Uh, please always remember to rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts at Yeah We Said It. Um, you can find us on Spotify at Yeah We Said It. We out here, okay? Um, I don't know. Anything else you have done Uh,
1: not really. I I want to say I'm kind of looking forward to the fall tennis, but at the same time, not really because it's in Asia and the time zone and my sleep it's mm-hmm. it's a lot, but mm-hmm. we'll get through it.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I guess that's all for us. Um, we will say bye for now. But before the episode ends, please listen to a very important letter from our friend, JJ. All right, until next time. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Dear Black Twitter, aka Serena's Army, aka the Serena Squad, on behalf of Serena's Army, I would like to formally issue a cease and desist letter. I understand that you're coming from a good place, Let me stop, I'm lying. I know most of you are just showing support for retweets and likes or it's the new wave and it's working for you, but those of us in the trenches are tired. The Serena squad only shows up for the big stories, the catsuit controversy, whether Serena should be seated or the latest umpire incident. But the real army is on the front lines daily because Serena's character is attacked daily. And not just by the Cheryl Orphan trolls, but by the so-called tennis media especially one journalist, and I use that term loosely, who's only fit to be called grimace. So while we appreciate the occasional help, it would be even better if you knew what you were talking about. As the great Najee would say, we stand the facts. So if you're going to be loud, I'm going to need you to know that the main stadium at the MAGA Open is not called Center Court. As a matter of fact, no Grand Slam has a Center Court with an ER. Things tend not to go well when white people throw around that hard ER. At the very least, the Serena squad should know that Serena didn't invent the Serena Slam in 1999. Wikipedia is right there. Just ignore the pleas for donations. It must be nice to have become a fan of Serena in 2015, to not carry any of the trauma of 2014, when seeing Anna Ivanovic in our section of the draw would cause our hearts to stop, but hoping that we would at least defend our 2014 points because the other girls were tugging on our ranking. You just saw the quest for the calendar year Grand Slam, which was stressful as hell. But you wouldn't know that since you didn't start watching until the Wimbledon final, which is probably why she struggled to close that match out. But Google is free. Do your research before you decide to talk out the side of your necks. I would say watch more matches, but you were probably jinxer. Check YouTube for highlights. Take cues from the people who know what they're talking about. Instead of trying to boycott the wrong slam, don't be like The Root and spread misinformation. Just stick to the Oscars and insecure. Your services are no longer required. Be blessed. Go with God. James, a.k.a. JJ, a ranking member of the Real Arena's Army.